Hi and welcome to the latest episode of the Glenvor podcast with your host Jason, JJ, and um, thanks for kicking play and entering the murky and ill-defined world of a lost Scottish distillery. I know growing up, um, distilleries felt they were nearby. I think now they're probably more prevalent everywhere, but um, you know, there's a whole gen... I, li- I like to think of Scottish distilleries in terms of lost distilleries, closed ghost distilleries, whatever you want to refer to them as. It's almost like two generations of them. We've got the ones we lost, maybe three generations actually. We've got the ones we lost uh, probably in the 80s with DCL cutting, uh, obviously, a lot of um, historical distilleries uh, and they're never reviving. Uh, That's where Glenvor fits in. Um, Prior to that, I would say probably around about Prohibition. Um, we lost a lot then. You could argue as well the Patterson crash uh, at the turn of the century, the 1900s, perhaps then. But I also think there's a further generation right back into the 1800s, um, mid 1800s, probably even even earlier than that. Sort of the Kennet Pans type uh, distilleries, which isn't too far from where I live as well. So. There's a great website on Kennet Pans, I would say, from the owners, and there's a great story there, and I've met them. They bought they bought a house and land, and they realised they were sitting on the oldest surviving distillery in Scotland, arguably. So, fantastic read if you want to go check that out. But I think that was many years ago I met them, and maybe that and my historical uh, interest. I, I love history, and I love um, one of the attractions of Scotch, not only being living in Scotland, you have that advantage, was the fact you could taste history and I'm not talking about in terms of well here's a 50 year old Glenlivet you know uh, very expensive but very nice you know I'm talking more about tasting something that is no longer around in physical form you know its product and uh, I always thought that was cool that was my initial gateway into whiskey and um, here we are now in 2024 and I am doing uh, this ongoing research uh, about Glenvor, Glenvar if you want to call it the other way and bringing to life with the help of many people in different sources this distillery that is sadly no more but it does exist in liquid form and it does exist I wouldn't say plentiful I mean we're not talking Johnny Walker levels here but I think there's enough Glenvor to go around and to enjoy. Um, certainly the ones which are of interest uh, are the sort of single cask, unmolested, as I say, raw Highland type whiskies, um, which, you know, the proofs are in the 60s still. Um, those are real powerhouses, and I would always, if you have the opportunity to try one of them, please do. Um, but that's not to dismiss, there's a new style of Glenvor almost because we've got this longer maturation and people maybe are now seeing it in a different light and, and that's probably the case I guess over the years with poor Ellen and Brora with the special releases but you know if you're getting a good bourbon casked uh, Glenvor that's gone 30 plus years you're really in for a treat I would say and um, unfortunately those are, are a little bit thinner on the ground but anyway Welcome to the episode. Now, if you don't know what we do, or I do, um, we pluck out two articles from the website. We are, I was looking, I was picking out the next two, and we are not far behind. We're almost up to date, which is exciting. Uh, This will go out next week, um, and 
this week, try not to confirm, confuse, sorry, is the week we said goodbye to the logbook. The logbook is no more. Um, we have completed it. You know, over two years of work, research from myself, Alan Winchester, Rose helping me on images as well. We've create, you know, guided you through the logbook and we've tried to make sense of the logbook and I think as well we could probably go back to the earlier pages, those initial entries and try and make sense of them again in new light and theories and such like. Still want a distillery rule book because you know section whatever it is that's referred to I think 150 in brackets number three or something seemed to come up a lot, a lot of dispensations but we we got we filled in a huge void in Glenvor. Generally, the books talk about its establishment. Uh, they talk about some work in the 1920s, and then we're into the Saladin boxes in the, some say the 50s, but it was the late 40s. And, you know, closure in the sale in the 70s and the closure in the 80s. That's pretty much it. But we've managed to, thanks to that book, we've brought to light sort of the mid 1930s right through to the 1960s and um, I'm sure there's a lot more to be done uh, and uh, we just keep chipping away at it and if you've checked the website out this week um, you will see the first of the documents uh, so the documents were a collection that um, I've been fortunate to acquire thanks to generosity of the seller um, and we paid 600 pounds for them and that was um, uh, GoFundMe and amazing, you know, names, some names I immediately recognize, people I know, uh, some names I don't recognize whatsoever, but my thanks to everybody, no matter what you contributed or even just spreading the word, I was uh, amazed at the response. And now we're going to go through them one by one and add even more detail. And I think perhaps, I hope, you know, we're not just bringing to light Glenvore, but I think one of the good things about the logbook was we showed what was going on at a distillery during the war when it was closed. You know, we really brought to life some of the hardships for the excisemen, but some of the practicalities and issues they had. And I don't think that's really been done before. So uh, by thoroughly exploring one distillery, hopefully we're shedding light on other distilleries and possible possibilities. And it's always been an underlying drive for me by doing this. And yes, it's Glenvor. Yes, it's Inverness. Yes, it's Highland. But it's much more than that. It's hopefully encouraging others. This information is out there. It might have been scattered to the wind. It might be hidden in all manner of places. But I think that information is out there for a lot more distilleries. And, you know, it just takes a bit of perseverance and somebody who's crazy enough to actually pick up the challenge and the baton and go with it so hopefully you know if i can inspire others to do it then that would be um amazing so enough of that we're going to talk about two articles uh two really cool articles actually uh the first of these is from the distilleries of great britain and ireland and um, this is the Glen Four section. This was the book James Easley put together, um, I think in 2023 it landed. So it's literally uh, lost text uh, magazine industry articles about each distillery. And it gives us a snapshot of these distilleries uh, during the 1920s. And of course, very interesting time because um, some were just reopening, um, some would not reopen, some were very old um, and probably cocooned from the ravages of the industry which probably would follow in later decades so it's a unique 
descriptive snapshot. And for Glenvore, it's yes, it's it's the pictures. I think are the stars of the the book. You know, people love pictures. Being able to visualize these distilleries and what they were like. So we have. Um, I did an article about the Glenvor entry, apart from bringing it to you, I, I speculated on some of the people we might see in the photographs, some of the details in the um, article as well from the writer. Were these factually correct or not? Could these help us in any shape or form of our research? So all that got done, but because it was sort of a pre-release PDF, uh, there was one image that wasn't included. And it's, I suppose at first, first look it's a fairly bland image it's basically the back end of the distillery um from the largest warehouses looking across glenvore to i guess uh, muirtown in the distance and we've got the sort of nursery uh fields in the forefront of it all and it's a unique perspective in a way because the only ones we have of this sort of angle tend to be aerial and um, you know if we're looking at the distillery from the canal they often seem to be from the other side of the canal just looking directly across the roof lines whereas here we've got slightly behind and it just gives us a little bit more perspective and you know I talk in the article a little bit about the book and I also talk a little bit about um, when was this you know because the the articles themselves were they written in the 20s were the pictures from that time and what we'll come to next later in this podcast is talking about uh, distilleries regurgitating, relying on older images, which probably are being published decades after um, when they were taken, and how reflective are they of current practice and the current distillery. So perhaps there's an element of the dis distillers holding on to, I guess, the romanticism of you know the old days and the old style and the. Dis the way the distillery might have looked back in the day. Uh, this, I mean, immediately what I focus on in this image, and I'll put a link to it down below, is this warehouse. Now this warehouse is, you think that's one warehouse. It reminds me a little of the warehouses at Brora, you know, these huge, long, elongated warehouses that you can walk around. This was the biggest by far, but if you've been following the podcast, you will know that when it was originally built, and this was, this was a discovery which nobody had made before, that warehouse was effectively half the size. So that was warehouse one. And then almost immediately, I think within the space of a year, 18 months, they extended it to what we see in the image. So in effect, you've got um, two warehouses, but I believe they're referred to as Warehouse 1, which is on the left as we're looking at the image, and Warehouse 2, which is on the right. Probably what I can't confirm what we know at the moment was there two separate entrances on the other side to the warehouses. Potentially, uh, there was. Um, there is no entrance from the angle we're looking at in this image. That's because this is the natural boundary of the site. They've put that up walled in I guess the distillery in effect and that is it. What's also interesting is the skylights which you can barely make out. These were the source of the entry from the 1966 I think it was break-in and also you'll see there's a lack of um, what you would expect a lot of distilleries you know to name their state you know showcase their status they would have writing on the warehouse in some cases a lot of the isla distilleries as you know still have this uh, on the waterfront and it's normally on the whitewash to stand out more we know glenvore did it on the roof um, and that is in the 
earliest images, I think, from the 1890s. It's not in this image, which suggests they got rid of it for whatever reason. And um, we have this here. Apart from that, it's very difficult to give you much more. I mean, you can see the pylons, we can see some chimneys in the background, we can see a pagoda, we can see the outline of Glenalbin. And depending on how we go with the Glenalbin research, which is on the cards someday, we could perhaps, depending on modifications, what's built. I know Glenalbin did have their, I think their chimney stack um, put up, not as early as you would expect it was later and i have the plans for that and they're beautiful plans but you know potentially when that chimney stack appears that could help you date an image from a different angle so you can see where i'm going with that but you know it's well worth reading the book i need to find the time to really go through the book more i need to go through it for glenalbin i guess milburn as well i just haven't had the time to sit down and relax and read the book um that's what happens when you have a four-year-old son who is your life and um yeah i need not say no more but um i definitely want to go into that book more and its subsequent book um which is more in distilling which i will be dropping in and out of two great pieces of work from james e day uh, you know bringing these things out the more we like i said the information's out there we just need to find it the more we can bring these things through the better it is for all of us uh, who have an interest in these things and it helps us appreciate maybe how things have changed, what hasn't changed. Um, so, you know, that was a really cool piece. Um, it just shows you what an image can do. Speaking of which, we're now on to a couple of fantastic images. Now, my thanks goes out to Jolly Topper, i.e. Mark Davidson, for finding these. Um, he is someone I've known for many years and has been, um, you talk about your influencers or your influences in whiskey well mark certainly being one you know just the, his not fountain of knowledge of whiskey and how he just consumes not consumes it uh, liquid wise but certainly the information around it books always buying books always looking for information always buying i don't know periodicals magazines and recently i think this was early december he contacted me and says have a look at these he'd bought some i think some newspaper articles in a sort of random lot and was devouring the contents looking for whiskey and he struck gold he literally stuck gold we have two absolutely incredible images from the um magazine which is the licensed houses and their management published in 1938 uh we have one of the still room and these are official um uh mckinley and barney uh article sorry images and we have one of the mashton and this led to i mean this is a, an amazing find and again it just underlines what is out there if we look hard enough if we get a little bit of luck these things are out there so in the article which again i'll link below um, the first image of the still room is entitled this picture gives a good idea of what pot stills look like the photograph shows the south side of the still house at the distillery of Messrs. Charles McKinley and Co. at Inverness. Um, should be McKinley and Burney, but anyway. But yeah, beautiful image of the two stills sitting proudly. And you've obviously got the old furnaces below where the coal would have gone in. And it's a crystal clear image. Beautiful image. Uh, unique clarity. 
the other image of the mash tun is again crystal clear it's it's great to actually see and that is uh titled view of mash house at glenvore distillery in verness and again we've got uh, the note the source up in the corner by permission of uh charles mckinley goal so i got to thinking you know apart from wow this is amazing get, getting excited about simple things but um how do we date these images you know these are published in 1938 but are they from 1938 and that i mean see, i read the article but you're immediately looking at things i mean behind the stills you have a really really smooth wall finish they look nice you compare that to as i mentioned the james Eady book and they have an image from the 1920s and you look at the back wall of the stills again and it's rough it's rugged it's it looks unfinished you know it looks like it's been stripped down to its bare brickwork uh, whereas these stills it looks like it's very much there's something in between the brickwork and the stills so that in my mind didn't make sense why would you be going from um you know a 19 you know the 1920s ruggedness to this potential image in the 1930s which is a lot you know looks a little bit more i guess um middle of the road uh you know silky smooth you know how's that how's that work okay we'll have a look at that and you know i spoke to alan winchester about these excited as i was and he did make the point that it might not be that strange to see old images being recycled for years it still happens in particular if there is nothing in the photograph to date them and he's quite right there's nothing in these photographs really to date the distillery um, so you then you have to look at it from another point of view what do we know about the distillery and how can we take these back are these free from the 1930s and not to spoil the article no they're not from the 1930s they're not the 1920s clearly we have an image around the 1920s that shows us certainly with a still room what the 1920s was like these are actually from the distillery being built i believe in the 1890s you know so they are really old um we mentioned the article um from the distillers magazine published in 1898 again exactly the same viewpoint but are these one in the same images? In effect, they are one in the same images. The image that Mark's found is fantastically clear. It's actually, you know, it's night and day, literally. The amount of time I spent trying to improve the original Distillers Magazine image, I won't tell you. But, you know, to have this one is crystal clear. Um, so that was great, you know. Um, we're clearly seeing McKinley and Burnley using these old images. Um, and we know, Know, through the changes at the distillery that this is when the distillery is pretty much in its infancy you know i'd be i'd definitely say it must be between 1894 and 1898 you know everything looks clean it looks brand new in effect the mash ton image is probably even more image uh, interesting because we've got various as um alan confirms and uh, his quote uh, which is in the article we have various um sizes of mash tun at glenvore we know it was upgraded a little bit unclear about what its original size was but we can use that information to look again at the newly found image 
which we do believe is this from the 1890s. And you can almost get a scale and a perspective and using some of the other images we have of the area and the fact that we also have a steel masher, masher in the image which we knew existed as well. There's a lot of belts hanging around. Um, again, I believe this is an 1890s image of the original mash tun, which we haven't seen before in this at all. Uh, the images we have of the mash tun are when it's more expanded, and we can sort of use those as well to judge when was this image taken. But this looks like, again, um, a remarkable find, and it underlines the fact that McKinley and Burnley, who throughout history were very proud of their, their distillery, consistently employed people to take photographs. Uh, whether it was for promotional use like this in articles about scotch or trying to sell their wares in another way these images did exist and i think you know as i've said in the article if you can go into the lamps to take a photograph of your mash tun room you've taken photographs of every other nook and cranny of the distillery so the question would be where are those images now and that's you know it whets the appetite we've got this great find but now we need to go right there's possibility there's more of these things out there how can we find them so i'm sure mark will be doing his best and you know might come across more randomly but certainly for me i'll be looking as well and we shall just see but it's great to in effect uh, thanks to his discovery um we have the best image of the glenvore still room we will ever have and we have the best image and perhaps the only image of the original mash tun so we've got these two key areas of the distillery now discovered um forever and put in their right place so really enjoyed the find uh, it's amazing but you know i check my inbox every day and you never know what's going to land in there and i think that's part of the joy and the thrill of it all so it was really really cool actually doing the investigative work looking at this do i really want to say this is 1930s or do i want to say this is 1890s so to actually i think be fairly confident in my assumptions and my outcomes i think has worked really well and i enjoyed it it's good so that is us thank you for listening to around i don't know about 20 minutes of me talking about mash tons and old images but um, this is the nature of um, putting a distillery back together virtually and it's one I'm you know, thoroughly enjoying. So thanks for listening. I, I, as I said, I will put um, the links below. Please check out the website. Um, you know, the documents are now starting from the collection and uh, they're going to take us on a whole new direction and give us a lot more, not of the distillery, but also the practicalities and... Uh, some of the other aspects which we might not have looked at in much detail as until now so great fun as always thank you for listening and i shall see you next week mm -hmm.